Hello and welcome to our show, Film Talk with AJ Dean. I'm AJ Dean, your host. And while you're in for a treat tonight, we've got a very special VIP guest in the building, Carolyn J. Carpenter from Hollywood Gatekeepers. But she's so much more. She's a story analyst and a very special producer and creator. And let's give her a super warm welcome. Hey, Carolyn, so glad to join us tonight. How are you? I'm great. It's such a pleasure to be here this evening. Really, really enjoying this. And like, it's been so lovely just to get to know you a little bit better as we prepare for this. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm super thrilled. Super thrilled. Thank you so much. I'm going to put my glasses on because I want to remember every, in my notes, every question. It's it's because it's so wonderful. Um, you're also, you're a story analyst, producer, writer, and the CEO founder of Hollywood Gatekeepers. Now I graduated, I'm so honored to say this, in September 7th, 2022 from your school. And I have my certificate posted on my Instagram. I'm so proud of that. And I just wanna give you credit and say as a story development manager for Butterfly Films Kim and working with Kimberly Skirm, your course has helped me look at and dissect scripts as I'm reading them as a screen reader, the beginning, the middle and an end. So when I see something that maybe needs a little bit more oomph or an interesting, unusual, kooky opening, then I remember your words of wisdom, Carolyn, and I just want to thank you so much for that. I'm so excited about that, and I just love seeing what our graduates are out there doing, and I love that you're doing this podcast and that you've got it down, and you're like interviewing all these interesting people. I'm just so proud of you, and I'm so proud that to be a part of your world. It's so exciting, so thank you so much, and I can't wait to see the kind of even more what you're doing, so really proud of you and really excited that you are one of our graduates going through our programs. Really, really fun. Very cool. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Carolyn. And I'm proud of you and, and what you have achieved and accomplished. Um, let's talk about Hollywood Gatekeepers and how you came up with the idea and the, the years that you were in the industry as a screen reader. Take it away. So, uh, well, it's such, a, it's such an interesting kind of long story, but I'll keep it brief. So Hollywood Gatekeepers um, is the brainchild of myself and my writing partner, actually, Doug Shainer. And we, um, it's kind of a roundabout way that it came to be. I've been a story analyst for many, many years. I've read over 11,000 screenplays, done a lot of coverage on those screenplays, obviously worked for many different boutique agencies, big old studios, you know, you name it, pretty much I've read for it. So did that for a really long time and then actually took a little bit of a break and started working in nonprofit a little bit, um, kind of did a few other things just to take a break. Um, I found that my coverages were getting a little bit too snarky, which is something, as you know, that we talk a lot about not doing. So I wanted to take a break, raising a child, taking care of my mom, all of that. So while I was doing that, I was working with nonprofits and then started a nonprofit haunted house, actually. I'll get to it. It does. It does make sense in a moment. So we started this nonprofit haunted house. And in order to advertise that, I started to learn how to do Facebook. And while I was doing Facebook ads and figuring that out, I realized that there was a whole world out there online. And it just was so exciting and new and different to me. And so I was telling Doug all about it. And he said, well, you know, you should teach reading and analyzing screenplays. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if people would be interested in that. And so I was like, I don't know. And he's like, oh, it'd be fun. And we were like, okay, let's just put up a Facebook group and just see if there's an interest. So we put up a Facebook group and had 
hundreds of people the first couple of days and then thousands immediately that joined this Facebook group. They were like, what is this thing? What is being a reader? And it was so, it was such a weird serendipitous way to get into it. And so it was like, oh, clearly there's an interest. All right, here we go. So I put a course together and just started, you know, working online and figuring it out, basically. Um, didn't know a thing about a thing in terms of getting online, in terms of having an online business, all of that. So learn that while we were kind of growing and and, you know, providing how to do coverage for people. And it's just been an amazing experience. It's grown so much and it's been such an honor. And I, and the one thing that we didn't even think about that's been so fantastic is all the people we would meet like you, people that go through the course, people that find things that they want to do with it, that who knew that it would come to being on podcast or, you know, all the different things that we've been doing with it. And it's just been so thrilling and so much fun to do. So that's the, that's the origin story of Hollywood Gatekeepers and how it came to be. And the more that I do it, the more passionate I get about it, because the more I meet people like you or our graduates that are really passionate about films. And we actually wanted to find people that didn't have access to Hollywood so that we could give them that access while we were doing it. And that's what we've been doing. It's been really fun. Amazing. So well, you are amazing, Carolyn. And also, uh, congratulations on this. It's, it's It was a beautiful, it's, it's your destiny. You're supposed to be doing this. Uh, it fits right in with being a, a screenwriter and story analyst. And you've worked in, with some of the best studios. And I know you've got super fans out there like Jerry Weil. I'm gonna, he was, he made a comment. He respects you and admires you so much. And he's looking forward to this podcast. He's a super nice guy, really wonderful uh, uh, actor and friend. And so you have a lot of support out in the, um, film industry community and you're so well-respected. So we're so honored to have you tonight. And uh, I'm going to get right into it with some questions. Um, so tell us about Hollywood Gatekeepers. How can people um, sign up for it? How long is the course? And and can could you give us a, a ballpark of range of how much it is? Yeah. So we basically have several different um, ways of learning. We have a lot of free content and we'll talk a little bit about that as before we go, I'll make sure to give you how to follow us and that kind of thing. And we do, a, I do free trainings almost every week or some kind of something is always happening. We're always doing all kinds of free content, free trainings, um, having guests, like we're always like very, very active. So we have all of our free content and then we have what we call the screen reader system. And that's basically five steps to learn how to analyze a screenplay and then write what is known as coverage. And so for your listeners that don't know what that is, basically a reader is someone who reads a screenplay and then we write kind of like a book report known as coverage. And that coverage basically says, here's what the story is about and here's what works with the story and here's what needs work with the story. Just pretty straight ahead, three to five pages and it just write, you know, has a little grid. We, we, we um, grade everything along the way. There's all different kinds of templates you can do, but our course basically walks you through that. What are the elements that make up a good story? There's four steps within that. And then how do you write a coverage? So how do you put that coverage together? And then it comes with getting the gig, which is a bonus about how to find work. What kind of reader do you want to be? It helps you like determine all the different places you can do this job and what will work for you. So that's the basic program, our screener system. We have a standalone course um, that you can do that and the price varies sometimes we often will have deals and we'll often um, we'll do different um, 
bonuses and that kind of thing. So the price can vary sometimes depending on what we're offering. But the basic course is somewhere between $397 and $697. So we'll do webinars sometimes where we'll give a discount. Um, and then we have it on our website as well that you could just buy at full price if you want to do that. We also have, so we have that, that's the standalone, do the course, take it on your own, at your own pace, all of that. And then we also have that with a membership. So that's that's the screener system. And we have screener system plus, which includes a membership. And so within the membership, we do six months. And in that membership, we meet every single week. Um, we look at your homework. We you can get feedback on things. I look at your final sample coverages um, before you submit them anywhere. So I can give you feedback personally on your coverages so that you can make sure that they're good to go. So people can do that and be inside of the membership. We also do movie nights quarterly where we get together, we watch a movie, we critique it together. Those are really fun. And then we have um, kind of what we call the exit path package or the promo package. And what that is, is once people graduate, we can have them on as guests and I can interview people so that the world can see what our graduates are doing. It helps launch their careers as they, you know, launch into the different ways that they want to use their screen reader career. So I will interview our graduates and we'll have, we call it the screen reader squad. <laughs> so we can have you on our shows and we can like um, you know, get you out there. We also have what we call the pipeline. And that is basically a directory of our graduates so that people that are looking for readers can find readers, hire different people. Uh, the pipeline has is basically a spreadsheet that has all the things that our readers are doing. Um, and then we also will offer, I will provide that pipeline to different producers um, and different places that use readers. So whenever someone comes to me and says, hey, I need readers, I have the pipeline now, the directory that I can give to people. And then we also have what we call the Screen Reader Portal. Same idea, and that is putting our readers, our graduates on our website so that you don't have to build your own website. That can be very cumbersome so that you can give a link to people that says, oh, I'm right here and you can see all my info there. So that way you don't have to do all that yourself. We don't. We all do that just as part of the package of being in the membership. And that's not something we don't get a piece of anything. We're not commission of anything. It's just to help get our screen readers out there so that people know about them. It works for us too. It helps, you know, the more that our screeners are out there doing, the more it promotes what we're doing. It's kind of a win-win, if you might say. And so those are our basic signature programs. And then throughout the year, we often will do a live event. I happen to be doing a live event this month in October. Um, the October 21st and 22nd, we're doing everything AI. We're going to dive into AI and all the things that have to do with it. In January, we'll be doing Pitch Party, where we're talking about how do you pitch a screenplay, or as a reader, how do you take pitches? Sometimes you might do that as a reader. And so we'll do these kind of one-off events every once in a while as well. So the best way to take the course, we have a webinar that kind of tells you all about it. If you go to hollywoodgatekeepers.com forward slash action, whatever is the current thing that we're doing, that will lead to it. So whether it's sometimes we do a masterclass that shows you how, how it works to be a reader, and then it will tell you all about our programs and you can decide which one's the best fit for you. Sometimes it'll be like this event that we're doing with AI. Sometimes it'll be a handout. If nothing's running live at that moment, we'll have, we always have something there for you to kind of get started, figure out where you fit as a reader. So that's basically our programs kind of all together. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. And you said it so well, Carolyn. And I want to say a few points uh, that are absolutely wonderful. You are constantly revamping your program and I want everyone to know that. And I love that about you. You're always changing and improving and making it better. And also the report, you give a template and that's how we got to do our Butterfly Films template. We have our own one that is current now. And um, that's for every, you know, for every um, 
film uh, script that comes in and it's always there and it's a wonderful thing. Um, I created it and um, I'm so proud uh, to to be a part of that. And I do want to give special thank you and credit to Kimberly Skirm because that is how I met you. Do you know she forwarded your email to me one day and said, AJ, you might be interested in this. And I just want to say Kimberly Skirm, I love you so much. You're always helping people to better themselves, improve themselves and make their life better. And Kimberly, just you being on the planet makes the world better. <laughs> so I want to give I want to give her a uh, a credit. Did you know that, Carolyn? No idea. I I absolutely love that. I need to meet Kimberly. That's so fantastic. Thank you, Kimberly. So absolutely. And I do the same thing when I see things. I'm constantly telling my students. And we had a wonderful guest that came in today. That's one of the things we do in our membership when we meet weekly is we have guests come in as well that talk about things that they're doing. It's a way that I can introduce producers, introduce people that are needing readers. We've had the Austin Film Festival. We've had Stage 32. And they come in and say, okay, we need readers. And here's what we need. So it's a way, another way that our, our people can get work by meeting people in that regard. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And thank you for mentioning stage 32. On our second screen here, we have an advertisement, one of your advertisements. And so you do work with stage 32 and you do events and uh, speaking uh, uh, events there as well. Isn't that right, Carolyn? Yes, that's right. That's actually um, Ask Me Anything, which is um, uh, a blog, actually. That was really interesting. So you can go into stage 32, which is a fleet free platform. Um, I love their model where it's a lot is very similar to ours in that they have a lot of free content tons of free content tons of free things you can meet people they have over a million people on their platform and then they do kind of a la carte style education so you can be in the writer's room and you can work on things with your screenplay or if you're cinematographer you can go over there and so this was a blog that i did in their screenwriting section and so that's actually there and the cool thing that ended up happening with that that i wasn't wasn't aware that that would happen is that it um I was able to have kind of long conversations and, and add, answer questions and really give our philosophy a lot about our philosophy of how we do coverage a little bit different and how I view coverage and rewrites and all of that. And so you can kind of go in there and see so many, they asked so many deep questions. I was very surprised. And so it was really a lovely conversation. And so that lives inside of there and you can kind of look at that. I believe it's free to take a look at. And so you can kind of look and see, learn more about how we approach coverage. And I, I love working with them. They've been a guest and again they're using several of our readers and then I can go in there and talk about also coverage and then also life skills which um, maybe we'll get a chance to talk about but it's been really lovely to 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 be part of their world as well for sure amazing amazing did you want to talk a little bit about life skills well <laughs> part of the part of as I was building Hollywood Gatekeepers and we started to do these these weekly sessions, we were talking about coverage mostly and screenplay analysis. And then one day someone came in and she's lovely. One of our, actually two of our students that met in my membership and ended up getting married. <laughs> they oh fell in love. And this is how much, I just love it because that's how much family we are there is that they met inside of our program. They got married. And it just, it just does my heart so much good. But she's, she's been an amazing member. And so she said, you know what? I'm stuck. I, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I can't get focused. And so I was like, okay. So we just kind of started talking about it. And then I realized, oh, you know, I just coached this person on something that really had very little to do with screenplay analysis and had more to do with productivity and that kind of thing. And so I went out and got certified as a life coach so that I would I would show up full force with for my students and be there for them in a way where I'd have some tools and wasn't just winging it. I wanted to make sure that I provided some educated, you know, um, tools. So I got certified 
um, with virtual coach as a life coach. And now I'm actually going through a second certification with the life coach school because I learned a different style of coaching through there so that I can just have as many tools in my arsenal as possible. So that's the life skills. So I'll be doing some of that over at stage 32 as well, talking about imposter syndrome and productivity and facing the blank page and all of that kind of good stuff. So it was really fun. Oh, congratulations. That is great. And I love that. Again, you're always learning. I love your spirit, Carolyn. And, you know, uh, you make every everything easy in the um, screen reader course to understand. It's very comprehensive and thorough. You're very detail oriented. And I loved your attention to detail. And it's you can take it as your in your own pace, the Hollywood Gatekeepers course. And I'm just going to go back to that. Um, but I do love that. And that's um, also indicative of your spirit. And so I want to thank you for being one of those great people who uh, coach others. And just like you are enhancing your life skills and becoming a life coach, that's um, so in line with your spirit because you're a good soul, a good spirit, and you want to help people. And I love that about you. So thank you so much for doing that. Oh, I thank you. It's just, it's been such an honor. And I just basically the students inspire me to do whatever we all need, right? It's, it's a give and take for sure. Yes, yes. Okay, so you mentioned um, how to register for Holly, Hollywood Gatekeepers, and I love that. Um, I did want to ask you, how do you select as a producer and a writer, um, how do you select your projects? What interests you, Carolyn? You know, what's really interesting is that I don't, I don't really like go out and look for things. They just sort of come to me. And one of the main things when a project comes to me, um, as a reader, I don't read like a regular on a regular basis anymore. I read for um, I read for people that are that I have projects that I've been either doing for for a long time now, especially because I have so many great readers that I can just you know let people see the readers that I know will do them really really well and do really great coverages. So um, a lot of the times. Project something will come to me. Uh, I recently did a film that I co-wrote with a director, and that's has been shot and is now they're in the process of um, you know we've got strikes going on, so I have to be a little bit careful. But they're in the process of getting that going, and so basically the the main thing is who's involved, who are the people that are involved. It's supposed to be fun. Life is supposed to be fun. If it doesn't look like it's going to be fun, there's so many projects that are fun. I'll move to the next thing. And because I have Hollywood gatekeepers and I have my own business, I can kind of, you know, pick and choose the things that I want to do. So is it a project that inspires me? Is it something new and different? Um, the, the film that I just mentioned is a thriller, not a genre that I would typically write on my own, but they came to me with a story they were passionate about and asked if I wanted to be involved and just the people involved were so amazing. And I really love and, and trust and admire this director, writer, director. So I was like, yeah, you betcha. <laughs> and so, and now I'm working on an animated feature animation, another genre. I wouldn't necessarily normally see myself writing, but the people that came, the project was already um, scored and um, the characters were already developed and, and drawn because it's off a book. It's based on a book. And so that was just, I mean, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. So it was like, I'm in. It was like, it took me like 10 minutes. I'm in. So it's kind of a gut feeling in a way more than it is. I do this or that or this or that. And I, I find that the projects that, you know, a lot of projects will come to me. And some of them will just sort of fall away. You know, it's like, I, it's the ones that are, people are really driven and passionate and they're they're going. There's times where people will 
hire me or they'll they'll come to me and say, I want you to do this rewrite or something, or can you help me with this draft or that kind of thing? And so I basically will say, I get a lot of requests and I'll say, sure. And I'll put the ball squarely in their court and say, send me over more information or such and such and such. And then a lot of the times I don't hear back or, you know, if they don't, if they don't show real interest and real passion for something, then there's so many people that are that I tend to gravitate towards the ones that are making things happen and moving things forward. And so um, I'm very fortunate in that the people that I work with are, <laughs> they're very prolific. Let's put it that way. I feel like a, soccer <laughs> a lot of the time when I'm with them because they're doing so many amazing, cool things. So that's basically what, you know, what kind of drives me to move forward with different projects is kind of what's going on as a whole in their world. It's, it's interesting. Wonderful answer, Carolyn. Thank you so much for that. And um, speaking about Hollywood Gatekeepers, uh, the course, I don't want to give too much away, but you, you give wonderful movie examples. So my next question is, you know, I love classic Hollywood film and analysis. And like, right, you know, just before our, our Zoom meeting here, our our show, I was watching Young Frankenstein uh, from Mel Brooks, right? Marty Feldman, Gene Wilder, Terry Garr, Cloris Leachman, Gene Hackman, all the, just an incredible, I just love everything about that. Tell us your, uh, some of your favorite Hollywood classic movies that you love. They can be black and white, they can be color. You know, what's funny about that is I have a tendency and maybe it's because I read so much too, that I have favorite movie moments more than I have favorite movies. And, and some of them, I wouldn't, I mean, some of them are classics for sure. Um, and, you know, I love Young Frankenstein. You can't go wrong with Young Frankenstein for any, you know, Mel Brooks in general. There's, there's, you know, and there's Coen brothers. There's like, you know, there's, there's people, there's filmmakers that definitely Wes Anderson is one of my favorites. I think Bottle Rocket, as you can see it on my wall, um, Bottle Rocket is one of my all-time favorite films, um, which is his first film and Owen and um, Luke Wilson's first film. And so just, I, I actually went and rented that because it, Polly Platt was a producer on it and I had such respect for her. And that's what made me rent that movie. And then I'll never forget it because there were lots of things going on around me. And I was just zoned in. I was like, what is this? And then I kind of made people kind of stop. Wait, wait, wait. Let's. And we've just watched it probably. We just wore it out. We just watched it, immediately bought it and watched it. And then it just became this kind of iconic thing. And so to watch his, you know, his rise has been really uh, amazing. Charlie Kaufman reading the things that he's done and, and being kind of there when people were discovering him and reading things and, and watching being John Malkovich, just, you know, fly through town, just those kind of uh, iconic moments like that but also just movie moments as well and sometimes they can be sort of simple in like the movie speed where they they come under the bus and the music and the way the film is going and it's, it's beautifully shot in slow motion and those kind of moments um lady hawk where when they're changing like they're just these movie moments and i remember being in the theater one time and and um watching rain man and I was there it was when he's driving the car and they were shooting through a fountain and it was just this love and the music and everything and it was just it was an iconic uh, moment for both characters and I remember thinking this is a great shot and a beautiful way to get this across and right as I'm thinking that the person behind me went I love this movie <laughs> and it was just it was two people having very different experiences but having the same feeling about it 
So those kind of move, movie moments, Cameron Crowe has so many, you know, and I don't know, you know, what makes a classic movie. We tend to think of older films like that. Jojo Rabbit to me is a classic movie. The shoes, the shot of the shoes and Jojo Rabbit, like the, the way that the arc of that is, is just so phenomenal. And so those movie moments to me are the things that make classic films more than a film in particular that's kind of how I how I think of movies in general if that makes any sense at all I don't know but yeah that's kind of how I look at movies in general absolutely and just like there are great lines in in the movies as well uh that's what resonates with me too um it, it's it's the with film analysis for me I love how the, the different directors do their lighting their shadow work their um you know blocking and where the eye is supposed to go where the eye is supposed to focus um different heights all kinds of things come into play that are just so uh photogenic and so memorable that there's just some scenes that stay with you and that that we just love throughout the entertainment industry so i, I get you completely um what makes a good screen reader i'm going to jump back to hollywood gatekeepers yeah. What makes a great and a good screen reader, Carolyn? I think it's actually pretty simple in that you love movies and you love to read. That's the that's the bottom line of being a good screen reader is that passion. And when we like I said, when we first started on the screen reader program, we, we literally didn't target people on the coast. We went for people that wouldn't have access to Hollywood to begin with, in part because we knew they'd be enthusiastic. And that was more important than having an understanding of the film industry. That's what we were there for. We were going to show you the film industry, show you how to do it, show you what it's all about bring people in. If there's things I don't know, we'll bring a guest in to do that. Bring people to you as opposed to expecting you to move to LA or New York. I mean, you know, come to a coast to learn about it. So that, that enthusiasm and that passion and then curiosity. Curiosity is so, so, so very important. And I find someone asked one time, what if I hate everything? Which has been one of my favorite questions. Because if you hate everything that you're reading, it's not the screenplays, it's you. And that's where the life coaching comes in. We really like try to help people get a very, you know, a, a even life so that if you're having a bad day, you're not taking your angsty life out on some poor writer while you read their screenplay. You are coming from <laughs> curiosity, right? We don't want you to be the person that's having problems. So it's like, how can you be curious? And then how that's what creates really good readers is a job of service. We are here first to serve the story and then to serve those writers and producers that are, are trying to get that script off the ground. But really coming from a place of service and staying curious when you're feeling like you don't you, it's really bothering you and the scripts aren't they're not good and you're starting to get about it. Then that's when you need to take a break come back with curiosity. And as, as you know, we say all the time, look for that hidden gem. Every screenplay has something that is a hidden gem that got that writer to sit down and write that screenplay. You know, there's like uh, almost 3 um, million people on Facebook that say that they're writers. There's like, if you Google, um, how do I write a screenplay? There's like 24 million responses to that. There are a lot of people looking to write screenplays, but how many people that enter, say, the Nickel Fellowship or one of these bigger contests would be 10 to 15,000, which seems like a lot until you compare it to the millions of people that say they want to write a screenplay. So that writer that sits down in that chair and finishes that screenplay as a reader we have uh, an, you know, an obligation to honor that and to really admire that they sat down and did that. 
Something got them to do that. And that's the hidden gem that we're looking for as readers. What is the thing that made them come back day after day after day to actually finish a screenplay and get it into your hands? If it's into your hands, then we really honor that writer for sure. We read every page and we write a really good coverage. Yes, and it's an honor to be able to be a screen reader and to read scripts and the written word in itself. It's an art form. It's a beautiful art form. And that golden nugget that you talk about might be in the center of the script. And one of the suggestions may be for us to relocate that to a more appropriate, maybe an ending, a better ending that's more, uh, you know, resolves and, and doesn't leave the the reader feeling, you know, wanting more or hanging, if you will. Isn't that right, Carolyn? For sure. And we had sometimes, sometimes the hidden gem might be something like we had one of our readers that covered a fellow reader's screenplay. That's another thing that we have in our membership was we have the writer's room where if you write screenplays, you can put your screenplay in there. And then that way our, our readers can practice on something. And so I look at coverages and I looked at that coverage because she submitted it and she's passed on the screenplay actually, but said there is a hidden gem in here. Um, it was a horror film and there's a hidden gem in here that this would make a great sequel. And at the time I had a producer friend that was looking to, to do a horror film. So we shared that coverage with them and he ended up optioning the screenplay. So that kind of thing does happen because she had it within her to say, the script needs work, still needs work, but this hidden gem is really cool. So take a look at this. And it sparked, it sparked interest. So you never know how things might come together, right? I love that. And I love the humbleness and the gratefulness uh, that your course um, gives the participant and the student because you give an appreciation for, you know, everything that that every opportunity is a gift and a blessing and so i just love that so much uh about you carolyn and that's how kimberly is too uh in that same mindset so it's it's no uh coincidence that you brought that kimberly brought us together so i just want to say thank you for that um for sure yes yeah. did did you go to uh theater in school did you did you go in you know, what's funny about that is um, my father was a high, high school drama teacher. So he started doing show. We actually, he, I, I grew up on the carnivals. He used to build carnival rides, haunted houses and things. That's how I got involved in that um, when I was a child. So I basically was a carny kid and we did these carnivals. And then he retired from that when I was young, like seven, eight years old and became a high school drama teacher. And so I was in my first high school show my high, first high school musical when I was about seven years old so I started doing theater with him you know as a child and then he also became an artistic director I grew up in San Diego for the San Diego um, Junior Theater um, that's for the city and then he also was um, a director for the San Diego Civic Light Opera so he became a professional within the community um, which is a pretty large city in San Diego and so I started doing musical theater um, when I was in high school and really started taking that on because he was my my, my my dad was my high school drama teacher. So yeah, so definitely did a lot of theater and then went to San Diego State, got a degree in drama and uh, did a lot of stage work. And and then eventually moved to LA, became a, a producer for local theater, the ensemble theater and um, was an executive director there. So always, always have a huge stage background with everything that I do as well, yeah. I love this. I love this. And I just want to touch on your father. Um, you know, my dad introduced me to film and cinema, and I love hearing um, how endearing this is. What a wonderful thing that your father was there to teach you and be with you. Those moments are precious, aren't they, Carolyn? 
uh, we've, and he also, uh, super obviously very creative, creative off the charts, this man, and also um, made costumes, you know, when we would do these shows. And so we had so many costumes from doing so many musicals that then he opened a costume studio. So it was like just, just so many things that um, he taught me in terms of uh, so many different skills uh, working behind the scenes, you know, with him my whole life. Yeah, for so sure. wonderful. We love our dads, don't we? And <laughs> they're so great. If you have a dad like that, you know, hold on to them and cherish those moments uh, because they, uh, they're long lasting and they stay in our hearts forever. Um, thank you so much for sharing that beautiful moment and your upbringing. Um, I did want to ask you, Carolyn, what have you overcome personally in your life that has helped you professionally? You know, it's interesting because my personal life kind of led me to reading. Um, like I said, I, I got a degree in drama and then realized I've always been I had a strategic mindset and realized um, as an actor, I didn't know much about film at that point. I was doing all stage and it's really hard to get paid to do stage work as an actor when you're a teenager. So I realized that I could get jobs as a dancer. So I just started diving in. Starting in high school is actually late for a ballet dancer, but just started living in the studio and that brought me to LA. And so I was dancing full time at theme parks and civic light opera, touring, that kind of thing as a dancer while I was, you know, figuring out if getting my acting career off the ground. And then I got in a car accident. And so the personal experience of that car accident made me start writing more. I'd always written screenplays since I was really young, wrote my first one in like junior high, but but didn't know the world at all. It was like, my, I didn't know how to format a screenplay, I just loved movies. And so I wrote a lot. And so I started writing to kind of help heal while I was figuring out what I was going to do because I suddenly couldn't dance anymore. And so by by writing and kind of figuring that out, and then I was working with a director at the time, but he kind of inspired me to write my first real screenplay. And so I wrote that and I entered it into a contest and I was a finalist in the contest, which brought me one of the prizes was a ticket to a writing conference. And so I went to this conference, just so green, didn't know a thing about a thing and was so excited to be there. Like I said, that enthusiasm that my students have, that's what I had. I was just like, I was on just, so excited to be there it was like none of the other finalists showed up which was the power of showing up right I showed up I was the only one to show up so I got showered with all these people that I got to meet because nobody else was there so I was just like so excited to meet all these people and then at one of the panels well at many panels they kept talking about getting your script past a reader you know what you know how do you get past the reader they kept reader reader and like finally you know just decided to embarrass myself and I asked what what is a reader what is this thing of which you speak and so they explained it kind of like I just did earlier about the coverage and all of that. And I was like, oh, here it is. This is the next thing. So that was, I had been searching for a while, trying to figure out what I wanted to do since I couldn't dance. And so that led me to becoming a reader, which then eventually led me here, which is such a weird, that overcoming that personal challenge of that car accident mm -hmm. ended up like branching into a whole different career that I, that I don't know that I would have found otherwise. So you never know. Happy accidents, <laughs> literally. Yes, yeah. you never know. And so yeah. you turn that around into a beautiful career, a new direction, a new start. And, um, uh, and I'm just so proud of you how you handled that. And that's an inspiration for everyone out there uh, with that because life can uh, offer us some challenges, but you went with it, Carolyn, and you made it even better for your life. 
it was a journey for sure. <laughs> it wasn't all roses, but it got me onto a new place. And, you know, you look back at these moments and you, I didn't have to go through the things that so many of my friends had to go through of trying to retire in their thirties or whatever. I was young enough that I didn't, I never had to go through that, which was, I saw a lot of people struggle with that. I just was like, boom, we're on to the next thing. So um, yeah, had back surgery and it was not easy, but it, it, it all worked out. <laughs> Amazing. And you never know what life can bring you. And it's never too late, is it, Carolyn? No, for sure. For sure. Because yeah. yeah. I'm in my 50s and I love doing this. And so I want to encourage everyone, um, any age, anyone mm -hmm. and anywhere in the world can take Hollywood Gatekeepers course. Isn't that the beauty of it in through the Internet? We get that a lot with like, am I too old? Am I too young? Am I, and I always say, am I too old? Am I too young? Am I too tall? I always throw in too tall there because that's about how much it matters. It doesn't <laughs> matter whatsoever. If you're, you know, if you're of a certain age, you just have to make sure that you know what's current. And if you're young, you have to make sure that you know what's been done in the past. You have to know that there's more than one A Star is Born. You know, you have to know like what's the history of film. And if you're older, you have to not always talk about the good old days. You have to be current in, in what's happening, but it really doesn't matter and it's never too late. And there's always something right around the corner. So really like living from there is really important. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I love what you said about being current and knowing what the trends are because they're changing all the time in the world and it's really important to keep up on those trends as well. Um, are there any other film projects you would like to discuss or promote? I know you mentioned something uh, previously, mm -hmm. but uh, the SAG strike is still going on. So with respect to that, the, the writer's strike is over. How do you feel about that? I wanted to ask you that. So I'm so relieved. I am so glad. And, and, you know, kudos to them. The world is changing so fast. It's really difficult to have these conversations. Um, I actually did some, some live trainings about it to help educate people about who was striking and why, and, you know, both sides of the table and all of that, you know, things are changing so rapidly. It's, it's slippery. It's hard to negotiate something so unknown, but um, kudos to them that they did it. And that's really um, helping. I know the writer, the actors are still, you know, figuring it out, but hopefully that the writers were able to come to some terms will really help that writer strike. And so I'm not, um, I'm not acting in the film. So I think I can talk about it because it's more about the actors can't promote films that they're in. So um, I probably just won't say the title of it and not promote it too much. But um, I wrote a, a thriller with, like I said, with the writer and director and um, her name is Michelle Schumacher and she's amazing. So and then I was able to be on the set for the filming, which is really unusual. And so I just had an amazing time being able to be there and see it come to life. And so that that filmed we filmed on location in Montana. Um, and so that film is now in post. Well, it's it's being like they're figuring out with the writer strike, everything kind of was put on hold. So hopefully that should come out early next year, we're hoping. So I, I'm just kind of waiting as a writer. You don't really have it's like you just give it away and you hope it all goes well. Right. So that's what you know, what I've done recently. And then um, actually. Um, Adam Watts, who is an a, a amazing composer who has done things like High School Musical, and he basically launched uh, Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato. He he wrote for Disney for years. And so um, if anyone who grew up in the 90s, like that's the voice that you heard and, and you've heard his music, whether you know it or not. If you've ever been to Disneyland, you've heard his songs. Like he's he's a prolific writer and he also has a solo career. And he actually hired me as a reader Um a few years ago, well, several years ago. And so we worked together as a reader and I helped him with some screenplay projects. And then we kind of kept in touch here and there, but then he decided he went through some things and he 
composed this entire musical that is so beautiful. The music is unbelievable. And it kind of, he had been sick and it came out of a sickness. And so it came out of finally being well. And it was just, it's so about love and, and acceptance. And it's just this amazing story. And at first he thought it was going to be a children's book. So he hired an illustrator. They got together and the illustrations are, are incredibly beautiful. And so they put together that and then realized, oh no, I think this is a screenplay. And so he reached out to me, remembering me from back in my reading days with him and said, you know, I, he does write, but he's like, but I want an, a real, he called it a real writer. I want someone to come in, <laughs> even though he is very much a real writer, but um, I want someone to come in and, and do the screenplay. And so, I mean, he played me the music and it's just made me cry. And here we are. <laughs> so that's what I'm working on now. And we just finished the screenplay last week. I'm very excited. And there's also an entire educational component that's going to go with it. Um, so that's what I'm working on now. It's called Following Fireflies. And it's in the early development stages. So I can easily talk about it because there's no casting involved yet. Um, right now, we're just like figuring out who's going to make this amazing movie. And so we have a lot of different meetings happening and things going on. But it's... Um, it's such a beautiful story. And so we're seeing these amazing characters come to life to talk about. Um, it's a giraffe that has a ship for a body and an owl that has paintbrushes for legs. And they come together to create, you know, they're, they're, they come together. People are shunning them for their differences. They meet a ringmaster who shows them how to be who they are. And so it's just a beautiful, beautiful story. And I'm having so much fun writing and animation because it's so limitless. You can do whatever you want. So, yeah, that's what I'm working on now. And I'm really, really excited about it. It's really fun. Congratulations. I am super excited for you. What a beautiful story. I love the uh, children's aspect and the le learning and education and teaching. So important. And also, if you haven't done any casting yet, I just want to plug in Kimberly Skirm does casting. I oh, does she? Yes, Kimberly Skirm does casting. And she's a um, veteran in the industry. She's worked on blockbuster Hollywood films. And so if just it, as a keep that in your in your mind as she's absolutely wonderful, top notch. And that and she would love a project like that as well. Um, and so, but what a wonderful project. Thank you so much, Carolyn, for sharing that. And um, how, how fun, so much fun for you ahead. I'm mm -hmm. super thrilled for you. It's going to be great. And, uh, you know, it, we need stories like that, that have the educational aspect as well. And mm -hmm. uh, it sounds so much fun bringing um, two, two uh, characters together that have maybe had some challenges and been shunned and whatnot and they can come you know they, they can come together you know what I, I kind of i'm sorry my mind's going really fast with you know how wicked the musical do you love mm -hmm. wicked the musical do you think that's fun absolutely absolutely yeah. Fantastic. So, so in that there's a there's this wonderful sense of acceptance mm -hmm. because she's all green and and she goes through that and so that's also a wonderful um, concept as well. So I love those types of storylines, Carolyn, and I can't wait to watch it and hear more about it from you. <laughs> and so please keep me posted on that, okay? Definitely will. Definitely. Wonderful. We'll come back when we get. Maybe we can bring Adam back on too. He's amazing. Oh. Yes, I would come love that. A little further down the road, we know what's happening. We'll come back for sure. Yeah, we would love that. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Um, th that's great. Uh, I, I did want to ask about the film industry. Do you have any pet peeves? And what can improve those pet peeves? What do you think needs to change? About the I, I tend to look at... Um, 
I mean, I have a thing in my course called Reader Pet Peeves, but only because people respond to that well, they understand what you mean. But I don't really look at life with a pet peeves. Like, I don't look at the things that peeve people. It's not a place where I live. So, um, but if I were to talk about, you know, something that that we're really passionate about that I think is really important in Hollywood in general is just the value of readers. I think sometimes um, readers are really important and I'm really passionate about it. So I'm going to get my soapbox here, <laughs> my soapbox. but I get really passionate about the fact that if you're a producer and you're about to spend million dollars, you know, millions of dollars, um, even thousands of dollars on a screenplay, have a professional look at it. Don't give it to someone that's like barely knows. And that's how I learned. Like I didn't know what I was doing. And I'm like reading these screenplays and making an opinion on something that I barely understood myself. So being able to really value what readers do and get them out into the world and really like, that's why I really want to train readers in a very specific way so that it becomes really clear. You can see immediately in their coverage, the difference between someone that's been um, gone through our program because we have a very specific style. So, so that people really see the quality of that and really understand, wow, this can really make a difference and get us off on a good foot. You know, we can like hire those people that are good at what they do and they can really be that, that conduit for a project going from writer to producer to the screen, um, whatever it might be so that's kind of my soapbox of really getting people to value readers and really using people that are educated and know what they're doing um rather than just kind of using hey you want to help me read the screenplay we want to really kind of raise the bar with that i think especially now as just the astounding content explosion that we have right now having a reader be able to navigate through that i think is really important Absolutely, 100%. And you call it, um, I remember you mentioned, it's called meat and potatoes, get into the meat and potatoes yeah. of it. Is that right, Carolyn? Yeah, for sure. We definitely want to do that. <laughs> so uh, you'll have to take the course to find out more about what meat. Yeah, for is. sure. You can learn what screenplay stew is. <laughs> you can learn the squirrel syndrome. <laughs> I have it all saggy middles. Yeah, we talk a lot about different things. Yeah. <laughs> That's fabulous. I love this. Um, who inspires you today? Oh, that's such a, um, you, <laughs> so many people and it doesn't, you know, to me, inspiration is, you know, in your backyard, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone, there are many, many, and how beautiful it is now, right now, you know, in our day and age where you can find pretty much anything you need. There's so many inspirational people and it's, and being able to, you know, choose your five, as I say, like being able to surround yourself with people that inspire you. We are the conglomeration of the people we listen to most. And that's what you have the five people they don't have to necessarily even be people that that you know it can be people that you just choose to listen to on a regular basis that's why I love podcasts like this where you can listen to things that uplift and inspire you so that you can then make a difference to the next person I mean there's there's so many inspirational people that I meet on a daily basis um, my students inspire me every day to come up with the next thing you know it's you know my dog inspires me to live in the moment <laughs> it's like every there's this inspiration everywhere and yeah. sometimes I think that question when people say, you know, who inspires you, we we reach for those big, big people that are doing these amazing things. And yes, they're very inspirational. I'm not knocking that. But but being able to really see that abundance, like right in your own backyard can then make you also reach for those big things. I think I think it's really important. Yeah. Wow. What a wonderful and terrific answer. I, I love that. And it's and it's so true. I love your words of wisdom. You're dropping incredible gems here today. So um, I just love this so much, Carolyn. Thank you. 
Um, now I'm going to switch it up a little bit and I'm going to talk about AI. I know you're going to be doing a, um, a show on AI, your own podcast show on it. And I'm fascinated about that to hear, but how do you feel about personally about AI? It's interesting. We're actually doing a two-day workshop where we can like dive in and learn about it together. That's what we're doing with the AI thing um, because so many people have been asking for it and we listen and then <laughs> that's how we decide what to do next. It's based on what people ask for. So as far as AI, I really feel that it's not AI isn't going to steal someone's job. It's someone that works with AI that's going to steal your job. It's someone that will embrace it and learn how to be an AI engineer or an AI prompter. They're so there's so much opportunity. I've been using it and it's just like, it's saving me so much time. There's so many ways that you can use it, being able to embrace it and decide, you know, how it works for you. And one of the main things we talk about in getting the gig, especially is to know yourself, to know who you are, to know where you stand on things, to know what your own opinion is, to really be the expert and really, you know, decide what you want so that when you make that decision, you can operate from there. So maybe you make the decision that you want to learn more about AI and you want it to be part of your world. And you want to, you know, some people find it really, really exciting and you want to latch onto that. And there's, there's so much opportunity for people that do that for sure. So you can know that and you can go down that path, but maybe you decide I don't want that. It freaks me out. I don't want to do AI, you know, and, and rather than worrying that someone's going to steal your job, remember those, you know, millions of writers that we talked about and the 24 million people wanting to know how to write a screenplay. Yeah. You're the person that works with them on the phone. Perhaps you double down on human connection. So that's a way that you can, you know, decide what do you want and move in the direction that makes sense for you. If you move in a direction that doesn't feel right, it never goes very well. It's always a bumpy ride because you're not fully committed. If you move into, you know, the life coaching thing comes in again. If you move towards something that feels, you know, in alignment with who you are, then it's going to double down and explode. But so many times, you know, we, we experience this as children sometimes or as college students when our parents tell us what direction we need to go. We really aren't feeling that way. That's where you see it most commonly is someone else is telling you, you need to go blah, 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 blah. And then you go do that thing and it never quite, never quite feels right. And it makes you depressed or it makes it, you know, it makes life not fun. And then if you're able to let that go and live into the thing that you love, like things kind of, fall into place. And so AI to me, I think it's really exciting. We're looking at it with animation and things. We are combining stop action with animation, with AI, and some of the things with um, 3D printing, like some of the things that we've been creating as we form these characters has just been mind boggling and beautiful. So being able to just be open and embrace it, I think, you know, it's here, it's not going anywhere. So to me, might as well embrace it. And I'm such an avid learner that being able just to learn new things is really fun. And I've actually been really enjoying it. And so I really want to pass that along. So I want to have fun and play with it within our workshops and play and get people to sort of relax and breathe through and just be there for them and be like, I got you. We're going to go through this and it's all okay. And all your fear is fine. And then if you do it and it just really feels uncomfortable, then do something else. There's plenty for everyone, no matter what you choose. That's where I go come from with it. That's right. And it's a tool after after all. And we mm -hmm. still are humans. We're still in control of our will, our decisions, our good choices. 
And so, so yes, we can keep it as a tool, but it definitely is here to stay. And it's fascinating, the advance, advances in technology that has been happening, isn't it, Carolyn? Exciting. Yeah, it's very cool. Who knows? <laughs> We've, there's been so many, you know, things are going to get exponentially faster. You're yeah. already seeing that, you know, we've got one, you know, one thing, one thing, one thing, and then now it's just more and more and more. So that's why, again, that, that self-regulating, being able to stay calm, being able to really, you know, regulate your own nervous system is going to be more and more important as we move forward, for sure. And human yes. connection. Yes, thank you. And so for all those who are interested, check out the event, the AI event coming up on Hollywood mm -hmm. Gatekeepers and participate so that you can also learn more about it. And it's going to be super fun. So check that out. And so they can reach you on Facebook, Instagram, right, Carolyn, as well? And There's actually, um, for that particular event, we have hollywoodgatekeepers.com forward slash everything AI, and that will take you right there. Um, but we, you can find us on a YouTube channel, Hollywood Gatekeepers. We have a Facebook group, Hollywood Gatekeepers. We are at Screen Readers um, on Instagram. And then we also have a podcast, Hollywood Gatekeepers, and uh, LinkedIn, Hollywood Gatekeepers. So we're pretty much Hollywood Gatekeepers everywhere you go. Makes it easy. Right? <laughs> it's yeah. wonderful. It's wonderful. And hopefully one day I can be on your podcast. I would love, I would that, love that as well. Would, that yeah. would be so much fun. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you what social causes are important to you and why, Carolyn, especially in today's world? I think that, you know, I, I mentioned how we we did this nonprofit um, haunted house. So Motel Six Feet Under, it was really fun. And we created a nonprofit that went with it that was, um, we called it Building Occupational Opportunities or BOO was the name of the nonprofit that went with it. And that was so that people that could have a hard time getting jobs because haunts are, you know, they're just like, it doesn't really matter what you look like. You're in masks and things anyway. So it was a, a way that we could get people that might have problems getting jobs to where they could get work experience. So um, that was the idea behind it. And it was really fun. And we actually made some really interesting and just very heartfelt and deep connections with people that would really, really change their lives. And I've also worked in nonprofit theater my whole life. And I've been a producer. I've started three different nonprofits. So I know this world really, really well. And so I've raised a lot of money in my community. I live in Orange County, um, raised, um, really love the work that the Anaheim YMCA does, raised a lot of um, money with them. And basically, I serve on many different nonprofit boards um, still to this day. I, I do, I've done event planning, you know, just producer. As a producer, you end up doing all kinds of interesting things that way. So producing a lot of events, producing live theater, um, we did, we um, we partnered with the Chance Theater, a local theater, and we produced uh, Beauty and the Beast in the park. And and for many people in this community, it was the first time they'd ever seen live theater. And it was the real deal. I mean, it was like we had the rights and we had the costumes and we had everything from the Broadway show. And, you know, it was like um, we had an equity actor. So it was like a, a big deal. And it was just so fun to watch kids and adults and their faces watching this and being like, they've never seen anything like that. And people in the park walking by would be like, is that a movie? And we're like, no. Belle, you know, I mean, um, yeah, Belle is really, she's in there right now, you know, to the kids or whatever. It was really, really fun. But I think that as, as you look at nonprofit or, you know, social things that you want to get involved in, I have a lot of people because I've done so much nonprofit work that come to me to say, can you help me start a nonprofit? As a matter of fact, when I was thinking about starting Hollywood Gatekeepers and I was trying to decide, oh, I want to do something online. Nonprofit work was one of the top ones where I could help people start their nonprofit that they wanted to do. And that was something that I very seriously considered. Um, but my writing part was like, oh, this will be more fun. 
<laughs> and he was right. I'm glad we went the path we did. Um, but one of my, the thing I always say to people when they say they want to start a nonprofit is don't do it. <laughs> but really, but there's a method to my madness. And that is that if you have something that you're really passionate about, or if you've experienced something that then sparks you to want to help other people, you know, manage whatever it is you went through and so many people something happens in their lives and then they want to start a foundation or a nonprofit and they want to help that particular thing rather than doing that look for the nonprofit that's already doing something that's in alignment with that so you can you can say who do i want to serve what is the problem i want to solve um how do i want to solve it what is the what would i do what are the actions i would take with these people what is the program that i would create and then create that program and then go to another organization that already has the groundwork and bring them that new program. Uh, nonprofits are always looking for ways to get more people engaged. So you would bring with you all the people that would be engaged in that particular program. They're already going to have, there's so many bells and whistles and things you have to jump through. Then it's really a lot of work to start a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And also when you, when you start your own, we're just cutting up the pie more and more and more, which makes it really hard for everybody. Whereas if you collaborate then, you know, collaboration is so very important. And same is true with making movies or making anything. Collaboration is key. So being able to take whatever social cause sparks you, find the things about it that you love, and then go to a different nonprofit and present it to them. And to me, that is the best way to, for any social cause. I just love helping people. Um, you know, the arts are obviously near and dear to my heart. Writing is near and dear to my heart. Um, but again, it's about people that bring opportunities to me or people that I work with. And then they come and say, hey, we're doing this thing or that thing. That's how I get involved in all of the nonprofit work that I do, which is... <laughs> A lot. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. That is beautiful. Yes, there's many great organizations out there, uh, whether it's for helping the veterans or children or feeding people or just local shelters or there's so many great or animals, you know, helping animals. So yeah. yes, uh, so I love that what you said, find something that's in a line with either the production of the film or the genre or the theme of a film or a script, and then outreach in some way, some community uh, charitable organization that way, so you can tie it in. That also is a win-win, like you said, it helps them and helps you. So I just, I love that so, so much. So thank you for doing that. You have such a beautiful heart, Carolyn. You're one of the very few people that have gone through so many things in Hollywood and are still working uh, <laughs> there. You have a longevity of a career and, yeah. and it's really spectacular and marvelous and wonderful and magical. And I just wanna give you kudos and credit to you. Um, I'm so sorry, our time is almost up. We have to start wrapping up the show. I've enjoyed it so, so much. Thanks, right? Um, <laughs> yes, it's been so wonderful. Did you wanna say anything before we do our heart messages? Um, no, just thank you. This has been amazing. There's so many more things we could say and talk about, but you're just, you're so lovely and how you bring things out of people and then how the questions when I first got, you know, talked to you about this and all the things that you were asking and all the questions that you had along the way, I was just like, wow, you were really on it. And I just love it. And so, um, it's been really lovely. Um, these questions have been really interesting and thoughtful and I really appreciate that. It's not, not your typical podcast. So I really appreciate it. And for those people that are doing things, um, with nonprofits, I just want to say one final thing with that. And that is that our ability, anyone who listens to podcasts sometimes are a little bit more online. And there's so many pod, um, nonprofits that need help getting their nonprofit up, up to speed online. And that's a way that you can help any anyone is by doing that for sure. 
So yeah, thank you so much. That's really the only thing I want to say about it. It's like, it's just been a pleasure to get to know you and do this. For sure. oh, it's such a pleasure. Also, uh, the feeling is mutual. Carolyn, uh, you're an exquisite professional. I admire you so much. I'm so thankful and grateful to have you on my podcast. And um, I hope that we can collaborate and work together more in the future. And we're going to do our heart messages now. So I'm going to go over and um, I'm actually going to put this on. This is my little tiara for the moment. But I wanted to, um, before we do our heart messages, um, I wanted to say how special you are. Carolyn, and you are a superstar. And I want everyone to follow and support Carolyn J. Carpenter. She's a beautiful heart with a beautiful message. She helps people and cares for people. And she's always willing to help and teach others. And she's on a mission, a mission of love, similar to my mission of love. So I want to recognize you. And I want to say, I see you, Carolyn. And I'm so proud of you of what you're doing, the work you're doing. And please continue to, to have that wonderful success and all that you do. And my heart message is, um, it's really simple. Try something new this weekend. Try something new, whether it's going to the theater and supporting you know, a, a theater production or going to a farmer's market or something you haven't done before. Try something new. It'll give you the experience. You'll have fun. You'll be going out into the community and you'll be also interacting with others in, in the world. And it'll be a wonderful sensory um, experience as well. And you'll be able to write that in your journal of as wonderful memories and trying something new. So that's my heart message. It's kind of simple and sweet and short. Yeah. Carolyn, over to you for your heart message. Thank you so much. And um, so beautiful. And all the stories that would come out of that as you try something new as well, looking for those stories, right? And it was so beautiful too, the way that you, that we met and you came to one of my trainings and you were like, I you just hi and like, come on my podcast. And it was like, sure, email me. I mean, it's just so the power of showing up and just taking a chance. It's so beautiful trying something new. And it's something that you demonstrate so beautifully where you're stepping up and just trying new things and doing new stuff. So kudos to you for doing that. Like really fantastic. And as you, I didn't know you were going to do this in the super tired, but I actually have a little wand <laughs> that one of my coaches, um, Annie Lala, who's amazing. And she <laughs> sent it to me and it's just such a beautiful thing. So, and, it's, and these go together so well, we didn't yes. even talk about this, but um, I would say that my heart message for people would be to play, to play, play, play. We, we let go, we schedule recess as children and then we let go of that. And so schedule some recess and, you know, going to do something new is a great way to play for sure. Mm -hmm. But finding when you play and you allow that, we have a line in Fireflies in one of the songs where he says, you'll never know what's inside of you unless you let go and play. Oh. And I absolutely love that. So you're you're learning to play and you're learning to do that. And it just like, it gives me the chills and it's just so beautiful. And that's where magic happens. I used to dance at Disney World and when I got hired there, people said, oh, now it's going to ruin it because you're going to see that, it's, you know, it's going to ruin the magic. And it so didn't. It was like tenfold magic because I got to see how it all fit together and the same is true when you make a movie it seems like it's this magical process and it isn't but it is and the more that you do these things and the more that you open yourself up to play and have fun and I have to say that Michelle Schumacher on the set of the film that we just did she's just an amazing director and one of the beautiful things that she did was she had a very professional set but she also played a lot and she was very open to collaboration but she knew what she wanted so that combination of things and we had so many people say like this was the most fun I've ever had on a shoot and that's that's you know kudos to her a little shout out for her for that and so that ability to play and turn work into play and combine play and just 
don't let that go. Stop in the middle of the day and do a dance break if you have to. Like really do whatever you need to do to keep playing your life. It's really important. I love that. I love that so much. And and uh, it's so beautiful how you said it, Carolyn. I just take that to heart. I'm going to hold on to that forever. And also, I want to let you know, I might have seen you dance at Disneyland. And I bet you were one of those beautiful girls that was um, dressed up in costume or somewhere. I'm sure I must have because I grew up a little bit in Southern California. And um, we went to Disneyland in Anaheim. I loved mm -hmm. it. It was one of my favorite places. And so I'm sure I saw you dance in something. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I did. What do you what do you think? Well, I actually danced at Disney World in Florida quite a bit, but I also did the Can Can at Knott's. Very fun. Like I've been, I've been around as a dancer, so very possible. Yes, sure. I I went to Knott's Berry Farm with my family. I loved it. That was one of my favorite places too. I'm sure I saw you there, and I have to say you were spectacular and wonderful as a Can Can dancer, and and you made my childhood memories so so happy you know growing up you know i mean i was a little older but um growing up when we went to knott's berry farm but i just loved it so you did beautifully so thank you for being a part of that okay thank you so much for having me this has been really fun and thoughtful i really appreciate it thank you carolyn thank you so much and i'm gonna do my signature um goodbye so that will be arrivederci until we meet again carolyn Thank you so much, my friend.